Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Hot Takes on a Plate, the show that explores the things that make you feel and how those feelings collide with food. I'm Rob Patron, and today I'm feeling excited and nervous because I am going to be doing something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, and I'm excited for the chance to do it, but nervous that it might not work out. I have always wanted to put food on menus. I think everybody who's into food has always wanted to have an item that's their creation on a restaurant menu. And it's something I always wanted to do with Restaurant Hunter. And I want, of course, I wanted it to be named after me because everybody has that little part of their ego they want scratched where they can see their name on a restaurant menu. And the powers that be did not want me to do that for reasons I won't get into here. I think it was mostly legal stuff. And so the closest we ever got to that with Restaurant Hunter was, I think, after the 100th episode on Long Island, we were able to get some items on restaurant menus, three three restaurants. And the restaurants came up with the ideas, if I'm not mistaken, and it was called the the Restaurant Hunter special. And only one of those restaurants still, I think, has the item on the menu. I looked it up, actually. It's Cherry Valley Deli, uh, which also has a location in Queens. But they changed the name of the sandwich from the Restaurant Hunter to the, the Verizon Fios, which is like probably the least sexy food item name ever. No offense to Verizon Fios, but just it kind of is not very sexy. Uh, so anyway, I- I'm going to take a second stab at this, and I'm going to do it with ice cream, and I'm going to do it with my friend Ellen Sledge. If you are a a regular listener to this podcast, you may remember Ellen, one from the ice cream episode uh, I did with her. I think it was either spring or early summer. Or you may remember her uh, from, most recently, uh, the documentary series that we started doing, 86th, How a Global Pandemic Rocked the World's Culinary Capital, Episode 1, Ground Zero. If you have not heard it yet, you should go back and listen to it. It's fantastic. Ellen was fantastic. She is maybe the most articulate person I have ever met in the restaurant industry. I'm not just saying that. When she speaks, she always has something very thoughtful and eloquent to say. Uh, She was great in that documentary. And today she is here, unfortunately, not to speak, but to listen to me just say really stupid things about ice cream and to possibly tear them apart. Because I told her, I'm going to, Ellen, I'm going to pitch you my ice cream ideas and you are allowed to just destroy them. If they're not good, you are you don't have to take any of these ideas. You can take what you could do whatever you want with them. But the idea is for me to pitch you, for you to explain to people how hard it is to pitch. The reason I picked you, besides the fact that I know you and you're a friend, is that you you're already kind of doing this already. You've already had a couple of media collaborations. You've even done some crowdsourcing with uh the, the people, your customers from, from Penny Lick Ice Cream. Um, so Ellen, t- tell me a little bit about what you've already done. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me back. I also have always worried that I'm your most boring guest. No, <laughs> never. So very excited to know that maybe that's not true. Um, 
So we have been running a sort of special of sorts. We have been opening the doors to our little young, entirely too young in 2020 factory in Port Chester, New York, and inviting folks who are well known in the region to come and collaborate and have their own ice cream flavor for a month. Uh, the first time we did this, we tested this with uh, Jeannie, the uh, editor, the food editor of the Journal News, who has actually just recently announced her retirement uh, from the Journal News. And the way I did it with her was I talked to her for about a half an hour on the phone, but we talked sometimes, she's a regular customer. And I got a sense of desserts she likes, desserts she doesn't like. So, so um, you were kind of, she loves, it was a collaboration. Kind of, it was a, that one was a collaboration and that I sort of surprised her with the flavor. And then I said, you're coming here on this date and this time. And then I had the ingredients all laid out and I said, surprise, this is what we think your, your perfect flavor would be. And she loves it. And so that was our first time and that was December of 2020 and it was meant to be one month and it is our third best-selling flavor and we cannot eliminate it. It is still <laughs> very nice. It is still there. So although I did come up with the flavor, it was heavily based on interviews with her and I allowed her to name it. We Ice cream journalism. Yeah. There you go. And then I like interviewing people. And then we did it again with uh, John Torriano of, of Westchester Magazine. And then we uh, are doing it again. Currently, we're running like a big uh, collaboration campaign with our customers. But the truth is, I've had an ice cream business for almost eight years. And everywhere I go, somebody has something to say to me about it. My first Department of Health inspection here at my store in Hastings on Hudson, New York, was a 40 minute discussion of soft serve versus scooping hard ice cream. That was all the inspector wanted to know about. And when I went to get my first Moderna vaccine a few weeks ago, hosted by the Westchester County Department of Health at Westchester Community College, I knew half the people there. And because I had to stay longer because I have allergic reactions to medication, so you have to be observed for a while, just lots of people coming up to me with their ideas for ice cream flavors. This is what I, this is what I do. This is what I get. This is part of who I am. It's, so what's, it's what's, what's the biggest and mistake? I'm usually very polite about it just for the record. Yes, you are. So what's the biggest <laughs> mistake people make when they pitch a flavor? What do, what do most people get wrong when they're coming up with ice cream flavors? Cause it seems easy on the surface. I think that if there's one thing across the board that, that people don't understand is that a very delicate flavor will not necessarily come across in an ice cream. Also, ice creams have varieties to them in terms of butter fat. So here at Penny Lick Ice Cream Company, we're a peanut and tree nut and sesame free ice cream brand, but we make a super premium. That's a 16% butter fat base. The more butter fat that's in your ice cream, the stronger the flavor has to compete. So when people see really stylized photographs in like a Martha Stewart online magazine of a strawberry ice cream with strawberry chunks in it, that is just food styling purposes. If you put chunks of fresh strawberries in ice cream and you freeze it and you do all the things that you need to do to it, they will just taste like chunks of ice crystal. 
because strawberries hold so much water. You actually have to cook down fruits. So I think that when people um, think about ice cream crap, flavors, I already, no, I already no, got no, a cr- no. I got to cross there one are, off already. But there are, but I no, you don't have to cross it off. There are solutions to, to okay, all okay, of okay. these things. My my point was that um, people don't realize how strong your flavor has to be to compete with butterfat and with cold. When you make an ice cream, um, you go through a few stages of it. You first you pasteurize it and then you flavor it. So when you're flavoring it, it's still hot. Usually it's still hot. I mean, when we do it in our process at the factory, it's still hot. Um, and so it will taste a certain way. When you cool it 24 hours to refrigerator temperature, that flavor will fade a little bit because it's colder. When you run it in an ice cream machine, whether that's a batch pasteurizer, which takes like one small batch out at a time, or a continuous flow model like a bigger factory would have, the ice cream comes out at 22 degrees, not fully frozen, but churned and there's enough air added to it. You know, it's, it's ready to go into a cooling freezer at 22 degrees, whatever you flavored it in, it was super. It tasted very strong when it was hot, a little cooler at refrigerator temperature. It, it tastes even softer. The flavor is, has softened even more at 22 degrees. And then you put it in a cooling cabinet at negative 20 degrees to harden for another 24 hours. And that kills some of the flavor too. So the number one, number one thing that people don't think about is how hard it is to flavor an ice cream and keep that flavor consistent through the different stages of production and to make sure that that flavor, when you're scooping it in an eight degree ice cream cabinet is just as strong as it originally was when you were making the base. So let me talk you through before I get to my ideas, kind of my process. So the first thing I did was I just started thinking about things that I wanted in ice cream. Then I started thinking about things that, that, that are kind of personally attached to me. Cause I think a lot of times with food, you want a good narrative, right? Especially if I'm going to personalize it, if, if it's going to be quote unquote, my flavor, it's, it's got to have some sort of narrative hook. And I did this. And then I also brainstormed with my oldest daughter, Claire, and we did this and we came up with like so many great ideas. And then I did what any smart person does before a big presentation, I did a little extra sort of um, research on the company I was presenting to. And I had forgotten that you guys were were nut free and my list had to be thrown out the window. Just, just th- by. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I was just like, okay, this, uh, cause I'm, I, I mean, I had one, it was going to be the, the, you know, basically I, I make these, these oatmeal cookies that I invented at, at my house called almond joyous cookies. They're like, it's like, I, I use cocoa powder in there and Greek yogurt as a binder with chocolate chips and coconut and almonds. And, and I'm, I was going to do like a, like a Greek yogurt, frozen yogurt riff on that. And that it was sounds like, awesome. Goodbye. I wanted, I was going to pitch you like a, like a, like a pistachio flavor with like a cherry swirl. Cause I love pistachio and cherry. Nope. And those gotta two throw flavors out. are great together. Ah. Uh, yeah. We became nut free. The first day we opened the ice cream shop, I had nut flavors. I'm a big fan of nuts in general. I could eat peanut butter out of a jar all day long until my doctor says, you know, stop that. Um, and 
the very first day that we opened our ice cream shop, we'd been in business for a couple of years. It was a big deal when we opened. There was a line almost two blocks long. And I had a bunch of teenagers scooping ice cream. And within the first hour, a teenager confused, even though everything was labeled, milk chocolate ice cream and Nutella ice cream. Mm. My children have food allergies, not to nuts. They have family members who do have food allergies to nuts. But I also know as, as a mom with a kid with food allergies, I know that fear, that moment that your kid's face starts to expand. Oh, yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, so I, I threw out all the nut flavors and that was it. And it was at the time I was just thinking it was liability. But then what I realized was how many people were traveling from far. Oh, yeah. They were so proud. It's a safe space. That, yeah, that their kids could have ice cream somewhere. And that makes so many more people happy that couldn't access ice cream, an ice cream shop before, that I've just run with it. And I go home and eat peanut butter from the jar, and then they, my doctor yells at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start throwing these at you. I love that. Um, I don't know where to start. I don't necessarily have a ranking on these. In the middle, uh, go for it. Um, all right, so let me start with... I'll give you the backstory in each one. All right, let me start with. I love uh, backstories. Backstories you, are good. I like we're gonna, the narrative here. Some of these have names, some don't. Uh, okay. This one I'm calling Patron's Power Breakfast. So, my pandemic breakfast every day without fail is Greek yogurt, sometimes vanilla, sometimes plain, uh, berries, blueberries, blackberries get tossed in there, and granola. And so. Tying into my personal narrative, but also the fact that, you know, I'm watching what I eat now, an idea of maybe like a vanilla Greek frozen yogurt. So it's got a little tang to it with blackberries swirled in there and then a granola where the base is oats, cinnamon, salt, brown sugar, and some pumpkin seeds. And that's Patron's Power Breakfast. That actually, so that really sounds delicious. I would make instead of throwing blackberries directly in there. And I am a big blackberry fanatic. I would make a blackberry swirl. Yeah. And, um, and you do that anyway, when you're making ice cream, you shouldn't ever just put fresh ingredients in there because there's, there's food safety concerns. Um, you, you do have to uh, cook fruit down to ensure that you are not introducing any bacteria that could make anybody sick. Um, and so we do do that. Blackberries are hard. However, um, blackberries are blueberries. season that blackberries and blueberries are season dependent. They are season dependent. And when we get good ones, we make ice cream with them. And unless it is in season and we have good ones, we don't touch it because blackberries in March, are expensive and taste like water. And blackberries in July are not nearly as expensive and taste like pure joy. So I would say that all of those things work well. Wait, list the ingredients again. What were the other things you were throwing in there? So well, it's it's the so like the berry swirl, like a like a vanilla Greek yogurt, frozen yogurt, and and a hard yogurt. By the way, let's let's you know, yeah, because you're doing yeah. pints, and then and then a granola where it's it there's no nuts in the granola. It's oats, yeah. pumpkin seeds, and then you're seasoning with brown sugar, cinnamon, salt, and cardamom. I love cardamom. 
Me have too. you ever had have you ever had a good carbon ice cream? Well, we used to make I, I, I'm getting there. I'm oh. get oh, I'm getting there. Don't you worry. So it sounds like this one's a maybe so far. This, this is kind of like a maybe. maybe. I, it's I a maybe. It's, all right. You you started strong. You oh, definitely oh, put oh, some research oh, to this. Oh, oh, it gets stronger. So the next one is a riff on one of my favorite, favorite desserts. So there is a, a I'm going to give a shout out to a, a bakery slash caterer by me called Poppies. They, Poppies, I don't go as often as I used to because, again, I'm trying to watch what I eat. But they were an obsession of mine because their, their pastries on the weekends were just... Oh, they do the best lemon poppy loaf I've ever had. This lemon poppy semolina loaf. Of course, you've got lemon coverage. You already addressed that. We're not going down the lemon road as much as I'd like to. So um, they also do this cardamom pecan crumb cake that is just killer. Now, obviously, you're not doing pecan. So but you could still do a cardamom crumb cake. Well, I was going to say a cardamom ice cream with crumb cake chunks in it. So I like the way cake freezes in ice cream. Um, I obviously, um, denser things like quick breads and brownies freeze a little better in ice cream. Some cakes can be a little too light, but I think a good coffee cake could be dense enough to sustain a super premium ice cream and still like have that kind of wonderful texture to it. Because cardamom plays so well off of salt and sugar and to have the cardamom ice cream base, but then having that sugary sort of crumb topping kind of crushed in there, that's that's the winner. Yeah, the, the thing about the crumb topping as much as I love it is I know it would, half of it would dissolve into the ice cream. Because some of it's see, butter this, and but some this of is granulated sugar, and it will just dissipate into nothing. But you see, this is why I wanted to do this because I wanted I wanted you to pick apart the flaws and all the the brilliant ideas we all have. So okay, so th- th- those are the two I'm starting with. They're they're kind of maybe ish. I, I, right. I think they're good. I, they're, they're really strong maybe. All right, all right. Let me go with a wild card one now. Okay. This one I'm calling shots of Patron. Now okay. I've done my research on you. You've got some booze flavored things on your menu. Can I tell this you one, we, oh what we, what you some of some of the booze flavored ones we 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 have stopped scooping at points because um, we put too much booze in them, and our teenage staff <gasps> were just eating their way through it, and no. they were like buzzed by the end of shift. No. And also, you, this is Hastings. This is a small town. I know everybody. Do you have to be dad. 21 and over to get the booze-flavored stuff? No, no, because we were never making anything that was so illegal that it was so strong proof. But our rum raisin, which we own, we will put in pints seasonally and only sporadically serve scoops of. Um, Patrice, you've met her before. She makes the ice cream with me. She's an insanely talented chef. She is Antiguan. And she likes really dark rums. And we she would macerate the raisins the way you would for a fruitcake. So for a long damn time. And she would macerate them with muscovado sugar and dark Antiguan rum. And, and they'd be amazing. But if you make too many of those raisins, well, I mean, you're completely useless on shift. You're not leaving <laughs> a single table. And then I got to send you home to your mom and dad. 
And so we, we all right. Uh, wow. This so, is going to, okay. So this changes the pitch a little bit. It doesn't change the pitch because something interesting happened during, well, a lot of weird things happened during COVID 2020. And one of them was a regulation easing on alcohol and ice cream combined. Oh, okay. Yeah, New York right, State so, made so, it. You can start putting more alcohol in your ice cream. All right, New so, so ta- this stuff. one's the this is the wild card. Shots of Patron. Okay. It's a tequila infused key lime pie froyo with graham cracker crust. Tequila key lime pie. Okay, so I I made a key lime a long time ago, and I regret that I never brought it back to the menu. But tequila. Well, I mean, you, you, I mean, think about it, right? Like you, yeah. you, when you do a shot of tequila, what, what's the thing that you do? You, you grab a lime wedge and you, you suck on it. Just a little, little tequila infused key lime pie froyo with graham cracker crust. I so it, the graham cracker crust gets mushy really quick. So what I did for the key lime pie one that I made years ago, and I loved it, and I completely forgot I ever made it. God, was we made a, a ginger cookie. And crushed okay. it, and threw it in, and so it was a little chunkier, and it froze better, and it didn't get too soggy. And because if you've got graham cracker crust, it's fine, and it just absorbs. And then um, the tequila too out there, like too out no, there. No, no, and it's honestly, it's what everybody needs. Don't you think? <laughs> I, last year, our little store on Warburton Avenue in Hastings on Hudson, New York, was one of, for a little while there. This time last year, one of two businesses opened. The other one was uh, the liquor store, and we both have lines. And one person came in one day and said, as long as you guys in the liquor store are open, we're going to get through this. Liquor, <laughs> booze, and pizza. Yeah. You There's basically all anybody or needed. Or I should say so, liquor, liquor, ice cream, and pizza. Cream and pizza, Yeah. yeah. I think the tequila key lime is a great idea. Key lime is one of those things I'm really okay. Is, is it, for, this sounds for. like it might be on, on the leader, the leaderboard here. This I'm, might be the full, pole position. It. Okay, okay. I, so I'm rooting for it. So, and we're talking a. Let's just be clear. We're not even talking an ice cream base here. We're talking a yogurt base, which you've never which done, little, have you? Uh, no. I mean, I know how to do it, but I haven't done it because you know I, I'm not a. I'm. I don't know. I've never been a super huge yogurt fan. I mean, we have free Wi-Fi at the shop, and the original password was "Froyo sucks," and somebody got mad, so I changed it. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, ice, gr- ice cream is my favorite thing, like in the world, and it's the thing that I miss the most right now because I'm I'm trying but there not are to eat that way. Ways to do it. Okay, well then we can do that. Let's let's we, let's. But we can do, but but uh, but a yogurt base might be better for key lime because the yogurt has a natural tartness yes to it. exactly and then key lime can just brighten that up I yes love key lime in general it just brightens everything and it's just all right all right you're you're feeling used, it i am it needs to be used in more places than florida it's, it's a shame that florida and then the, and then you know the tequila is a twist the tequila is a twist all right i'm gonna give you two more booze flavors good go for it all right I, I, I need to drink they're both sorbets. Okay. A mimosa sorbet. I have made it. Ah. I'm going to shoot it down because that is an expensive cost of goods sold. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair. It's it's delicious. I haven't done it in two years, but I used to do it just for the month 
of December, some months of December and January. But even if you're using Prosecco, right, it, it can get it, it, an orange juice, the, a, the oranges, yeah. it can be, yeah. it can actually be more expensive than a lost leader. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. the kind of thing that you still love. Yeah, I was actually thinking about taking it and doing like a brunch flavor where you throw in maybe some Belgian waffle chunks, but then I'm like, no, just mimosa sorbet is fine. All right, you're going to shoot down my next one then because my next one's not going to be cheap to make either, but it would really, really make sense as a sorbet if you're going to go boozy. A Negroni sorbet. Yeah, so, so you are talking an expensive cost of goods sold, but I would eat it. I never thought twice about it. The catch is, again, with Negroni and with Mimosa, the, the alcohol content, even though that is the more expensive of the ingredients, it has to be light or it doesn't freeze. So you can only put so much alcohol into a sorbet. You can only yeah. put so much alcohol into an ice cream where you just have soup. But Negroni has that sweet element. So you can kind of fudge it a little and give it, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, would want, you would want something that just had just a hint or a slight hit of alcohol. That was more the the rest of the elements. I mean, that's that's the way you do it. Um, I mean, plenty of people who make sorbet, and if they make sorbet even for their restaurants, very often will add a splash of some sort of alcohol just to, to smooth it out and to make sure it's always scoopable and it doesn't get too icy. If you maybe put your sugar ratio wrong to your to your fruit, um, but but yes, like a boozy sor- boozy sorbets can get very expensive. Citrus at the wrong time of year can get very expensive. I made a one-off for Burrow 6, uh, a specialty uh, blood orange sorbet. And he was like, can we get more of that? And I said, no, I can't afford you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's not blood orange season and I can get blood orange puree for the cost of, I don't know, one of my children. So you're just going to have to choose a less expensive flavor to buy wholesale. That's me. funny. <laughs> But so these things are doable. They're a little more complicated. They don't um, have quite the same shelf life an ice cream has. Mm. And even then, an ice cream really, you know, when you go to a supermarket, there's no shelf life for your ice creams. But you really shouldn't have them more than six to eight weeks. And if you have a pint of ice cream for more than eight weeks, something's wrong with you anyway. Yeah. Right. (laughs) All right. So ice cream. Yeah. Exactly. So okay. (laughs) Here's my last one. Go for it. This is the one that I think I was the most excited about because it's capitalizing on a trend. Now, we've all seen this winter the rise of the hot cocoa bomb. Oh, yeah. What about hot a a hot takes on a plate hot cocoa bomb? I don't know. Uh, This one is actually a combination. I don't know if you can even do this, but... Uh, so, so the idea is, as is, it's basically like, like you're trying to get like a hot cocoa base, but it's not hot, of course. It's a cocoa right. base, but how to get it to sort of taste like that hot chocolate, hot cocoa? So, I was thinking about a a cocoa sorbet swirled with marshmallow froyo, marshmallow chunks, and dark chocolate bark. A cocoa sorbet swirled with a marshmallow froyo. So the marshmallow froyo adds that creamy sweet note 
to the 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 cocoa sorbet, sorbet, which is going to be the rich note, but also the sorbet. You're getting that texture sort of contrast. Then so you're throwing in texture contrast, but I think it's the kind of thing that fresh out of the machines it works. But I'd have to test to see if frozen hard for 24 hours, if that texture still works, or if you just added a bunch of water to uh, a yogurt ice cream. Well, the other thing you could do, obviously, is you could just do a a a quote unquote hot chocolate ice cream or hot chocolate yogurt or whatever you want to do, and then throw in your marshmallow chunks and dark chocolate bark. But I don't know if that's going to scream hot cocoa bomb or not. Have you ever been to Serendipity? I mean, you're a New York City dweller. Surely you've had their frozen hot chocolate. I, you know, what I've had not theirs, but I've had some another place that does that. Yes, but but it's not. But that's not ice cream, right? That's no, it's not. It's 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 not ice cream at all. It's not even under the category of sorbet. It's kind of more like they've used a slushy machine to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it made me think that you know it's obviously possible to make plenty of things taste like hot cocoa. Um, as a chocolate bark, just pieces of chocolate. Yeah. Like, How are you like, envisioning the chocolate bark? I, I'm envisioning like, yeah. you know, like picture a hot cocoa bomb, you know, that circular mm-hmm. sphere and then just like taking a mallet to it. And there's just like chunks, you know, there's just shattered chunks of, shattered of, chunks of, uh, of, of dark chocolate. Yeah. Um, I have to, I love this idea. I have to figure out the technical of it because it's, it's two different products world. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. Well, what, what if it wasn't two products world? What if it was a, it sounds like, more interesting when it's two products world. Yeah. Product. Yeah. Don't give I it like, to me and then take it back. <laughs> well, okay. So it's just a, for, for people who are listening, this is being recorded in advance, a good amount in advance of this airing. And the reason being is that basically, obviously Ellen needs lead time if she likes any of the, these ideas to test it. But the idea is when you listen to this, we want to be able to tell you, go get it now. So, so basically at the end of this episode, if she decides to go with any of these, we're going to say... It's out, everybody. Penny Lick ice cream. Here's how you can get it. So this is the tricky part now. Ellen's wheels are churning. She's saying, how can I promise this to people? <laughs> yeah. No, no. And and the answer is I, I promise things every day to people and, and let them down. But <laughs> I, I think. So which one's the best idea? Uh, you had so many really good ones. I mean, there's four that I properly want to explore, but if I'm being honest, I'm a little in love with the key lime. Okay. Okay. Wow. But that is, was sweet. But is the key lime one something Claire would appreciate? What were Claire's opinions? Because let's be honest, my target demographic is yeah. not you, Rob. Well, tequila infused key lime pie froyo with Probably a graham cracker crust. That's the adults. That's you're cutting out the kids. Yeah, you're. Yes. Where, where are? Where was the kid on this one? She was in the frozen hot cocoa bomb. Oh, totally. Then I have totally. to make the frozen hot cocoa bomb. There you go. I mean, that's the one that I I liked just from a concept because it's such a trendy thing and people are going to have a curiosity about it. But I also know it's probably the hardest one to stick the landing on, but I trust you of all people to stick the landing because you're really good at this. Well, 
I trust the people that I will pay to help me do this. <laughs> I'm going to make that one work. That's the one I'm going to go with. So, so, so we have a deal. We have a deal. Oh my gosh. We're making it. We're, we're making the, the hot cocoa bomb. We, we're get, I, I got, I got one on the menu is what you're saying. You've got one on the menu. It's, it's your, it's your dream come true, Rob. And what are, what also, are we naming um, if it? If you want to help out, um, you know, we pay 15 an hour plus tips. <laughs> um, so the, the, the catch is that you have to name it. Okay. Can, you, can have we, to, you have to choose the final name. Can, so can we, wanna, is this going to be too wordy to say, this is what I wanted it to be branded after the show. Cause I want people yeah. to understand that connection. If they heard it here, this is the flavor. The problem is I, my show has, and this was all my fault. I'm the one who named it. I gave it a long, stupid it, name. It, it's a long name. So hot takes on a plate, hot cocoa bomb. I mean, it's got the hot and the hot. Is that the best we can do? Hot takes on a plate, hot cocoa bomb. We have to find a way to truncate it. I don't know if we're using an acronym or what. I mean, we could just make everybody say it. Because it, it's, it's got, here's the thing. It's delicious and people uh, should have to work for it. I mean, the thing is, it's got to say hot cocoa bomb. Because that's like the hot selling point. It has to say hot cocoa bomb. So yeah. So hot cocoa bomb on a plate. No, that doesn't work. Uh, I think. Are we going to say hot though? Because it's not hot. And then people can be like, why isn't this hot? And then I'm going to say you're in an ice cream mm. store. That's when people say, how come you don't have anything healthy here? So and you're I'm calling like, it a frozen cocoa? A frozen, frozen cocoa, cocoa bomb. Frozen cocoa bomb. Um, frozen, yeah, I mean, yeah, we have to be kind of accurate, accurate. Yeah, frozen cocoa bomb. You'll be surprised bomb. how many things people will take literally. Frozen cocoa bomb, hot, hot. This is oh man, um, this is really bad. This is really bad entertainment right, right now. Don't Listen, like a, listening to my wheels even, spin um, as I try to come up with a name on the on the fly. Stuff, though, uh, yeah, I know, but but th this is where my preparation failed me. Yeah, this. this is where my preparation failed me because here I am. I got the name. The hot takes on a plate. Hot cocoa bomb. You point out the fact that it's not hot, and you're right because most people would understand it's supposed to simulate a hot cocoa bomb but there are really dumb people who will say this is not hot i ordered hot cocoa bomb so yeah that's a problem yeah um, we, it, you'd be surprised how very 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 literal customers will take things all right well so, what about just like hot takes on a plate's frozen cocoa bomb perfect <laughs> okay it, it is long work. hey well it's it sounds delicious i, I do strongly feel that people should have to work for it so, so, you know, and it's, it, there, there's, there can be a little QR code where they scan it and they go straight to the podcast episode. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, Synergy. Because we'll <laughs> I'm sure like three people will scan it. <laughs> three, maybe, maybe. Yeah. You're laughing because it's I'm true. I'm positive you have at least 10 listeners. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I mean, oh, okay. You went that way. I meant more like just the technology aspect of it. Like here's a QR code. No, what people do use with QR this? codes. Okay. We have, we made a big sign and put it outside. Okay, then I'll get 11 get listeners. Great. Online and they can't see the menu. So they use the QR code. Okay. Well then I'll get 11 listeners. I mean, I look, I, I, I gave you an ice cream flavor. It's going to be a bestseller. I, I, I get it's something out of it. I keep calling it it's ice cream flavor. It's actually, it's actually sorbet and, and froyo swirled. What the heck? Wow. I've, Who does I've, that? Who does that? I, you know what? I'm, I'm actually excited about it. So the thing about, uh, uh, chocolate sorbets is it's hard to get them right. And in a soft, pliable, scoopable manner, but I think I have a way to do this one. But it's cocoa sorbet. Okay. Yeah. It's cocoa sorbet. You're right. It's very different. I, 
the chocolate sorbet that we have is, would be quite different than that. Yeah, Coco Sorbet swirled with marshmallow froyo, yes, marshmallow chunks, and dark chocolate bark. It's all doable. Oh doable and solvable. Oh, boy. And it oh sounds boy. good. Oh and, boy. and Claire will approve. Yes, very much. And so will Amelia. Both both okay. my girls will will approve. Where can people get this besides going to Hastings on Hudson and going so, to your shop? It's on so Warburton a, Avenue, correct? Yes, in Hastings on Hudson, correct. Yeah. But um, Penny Lake Ice Cream actually delivers locally to Westchester and Fairfield counties. And we're hoping to start shipping in about a month. But right now, local delivery and you can just buy it online. There you go. What's the website? Anylickicecream.com. There you go. Okay. Well, well, Ellen, thank you so much. And before I let you go, uh, I know a lot of people heard you on the the documentary podcast episode uh, of eighty sixth that we mm-hmm. did um, on Ground Zero and and your your initial you know suspecting that you had COVID and mm-hmm. and and you you were very open and honest about that experience. Uh, I guess just for people you know who are listening to that who are wondering you know how are you doing? How is everyone doing? Uh, it's a year later. I know. Pennylick is still standing. Um, the retail side of our business actually, even though it was down over the previous year, wasn't down a lot. And with a lot of hard work and maybe a little bit of luck, we managed to do well enough to eke out the world's tiniest profit. (laughs) The retail side's fine. And it's going to be events are coming back. Uh, venues are coming back. I wouldn't call 2021 a return to normalcy in any real way. We still have uh, logistics issues. We still have supply issues. There's actually currently, and we're talking at the end of March 2021, a nationwide cream shortage. That wow. is affecting all ice cream manufacturers across the board. Um, so, so there are some dairy supply problems in the United States. Um, and some of it is holdover COVID problems. So it's going to be a little while before things return to normal. I think that 2022 will be great. But we got through 2020 and we're still standing in 2021. And I'm, I'm very proud and grateful for that because I have so many friends um, who, who weren't, who, whose businesses didn't make it. I, we have friends who physically didn't make it. Mm. Um, we have family members who didn't, didn't make it. I, I try every day to just think about the positives and walk forward, right? You just get up and you fight the fight of that day. Every once in a while though, late at night, if you can't sleep, the last 12 months catch up to you in a, in a, terrible rush and you just feel like for a moment you can't even catch your breath i will get over that my business is still standing i have wonderful supportive customers uh really great community of of other supportive business owners i feel like uh, we all got through it together as a team well, that's great to hear. And we're going to do another installment of 86th, how a global pandemic rocked the world's culinary capital uh, two weeks from when this airs, two weeks from when this airs, April 21st. If you are not already subscribed to Hot Takes on a Plate, 
please do so so you never miss an episode. Ellen, thank you so much. And make sure to get the hot takes on a plate frozen cocoa bomb from Penny Lick Ice Cream. You can get it right now. Oh my gosh, we're doing things even though it hasn't been made yet. It's like this futuristic time machine, this podcast recording. Ellen, thank you so much as always. I always like seeing you. Thank you, Rob. This was fun. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at BLEAV.com. You can follow me on social media at Rob Patron TV on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For the rest of the crew, why am I saying the rest of the crew? I no longer host Restaurant Hunter. That's so ridiculous. I just said the rest of the crew, everybody. It's just me. Anyway, I'm literally reverting back to the way I used to end Restaurant Hunter, but it's not. It's Hot Takes on a Plate. Ciao, goodbye, whatever. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.